In the name of God, who is Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Amen. If God were to offer you the opportunity to go back in time and to visit just one scene in Jesus' life, where would you go? I think many of us would love to see Jesus perform one of his great miracles like walking on water or feeding the 5,000. Or maybe there's a particular teaching of Jesus that's very meaningful for you and you would love to just go and hear him give that teaching in his own voice. Of course, you might want to ask God for the ability to understand Aramaic, but that might be a wonderful thing. Or maybe you'd like to witness one of those occasions where the Pharisees try to trap Jesus, but then Jesus turns the trap on them and they have to tuck tail and skulk away, humiliated. There are so many moments in Jesus' earthly ministry that we might want to see and hear and experience. But I think the one scene that very few of us would want to witness with our own two eyes and experience with our own two ears is this moment where we find ourselves today with our Lord's lifeless body twisted on the cross and the sound of his own mother sobbing there at his feet. Now, there might be part of us that feels like we should want to go there. We're Christians after all. Shouldn't we want to go to Calvary? But I think if you just stop and think it through, for most of us, given the choice, this is the last place on earth we would want to be. And yet we need to go here. And God has given us a faithful guide in St. John. John wants to take us by the hand to to take us where he has been and to show us what he has witnessed. The thing about John is he is a a wonderfully merciful guide in that he spares us from many of the gruesome details that he would have witnessed on that day. And John does this so that he can focus us instead and help us to understand what's going on beneath the physical reality of the blood and the weeping and the nails. So for just a moment, we're going to sit here at John's feet. And we're going to allow him to peel back the layers of meaning for two simple words. I thirst. Jesus calls out from the cross, I thirst. Now on the surface there is of course the physical reality that his body is crying out for water. He has lost so much blood at this point that he is dehydrated to the point of physical agony, an agony I pray that none of us would ever have to experience. Every day, our bodies speak to us about what they need, food, drink, rest. But Jesus' body is screaming at him because it knows that it's in very deep trouble. So those words erupt from Jesus almost reflexively, I thirst! But it's not just a reflex. 
John wants us to understand that something deeper is going on here. Below the surface of our Lord's physical thirst, the Son is thirsting in anguish for the presence of his Father. The preacher C.E. Allen once shared a story that illustrates what's happening here in this moment between our Lord Jesus and his heavenly Father. There was a little girl who had been left in the sole care of her father. Whether, we're not told whether or not her, her mother died in childbirth or simply abandoned them, but this little girl was the apple of her father's eye, and over the years, they came to be all in all to each other. One day, the little girl developed an infection in her foot. The town doctor consulted with a nearby surgeon, and the two physicians determined that her foot would have to be amputated in order to save the little girl's life. As you can imagine, the father was in anguish. It fell upon him to share the news with his precious daughter. He was in anguish, of course, because not only would the procedure cripple his little girl, but this was in a time before general anesthesia, and the father knew that the procedure was going to be agony for her. But they had no choice. So he sat her down and explained it to her as best he could. When he finished, there was a long and painful silence, and then his daughter made a very strange request. Daddy, I will have it done if you will make me one promise, she said. And what is that, her father asked. If you promise to put your arms around me and to look straight into my eyes, she replied, I will consent. Now, who knows if the father had the presence of mind to understand what it was that his daughter was asking of him, but he agreed. I promise he said to her. The day came for the surgery, and the father carried out his promise. He held his daughter in his arms, and he fixed his gaze on her face. But as the surgeon carried out the grim task, and as the father could see the growing anguish twisting his little daughter's face, he, he could bear it no longer. And, and as any father could well understand, there came a point where he had to turn away. And as soon as he did, his, his little daughter cried out, Daddy, Daddy, you promised, you promised. And as the father turned back, what he saw was like a knife to his heart. His little girl lay there dead on the table. Friends, what happened between that father and that daughter is a picture of what happened between our heavenly father and his son, Jesus, as he was hanging there on the cross. Because as the sin of this world was being poured out upon Jesus there on the cross, as Jesus took upon himself our brokenness, Every time we had the opportunity to say a kind word, but didn't. Every time we let our anger run away like some freight train and delighted in it. 
Every promise we have broken, every cruel word we have spoken, all of it was poured out upon Jesus, infecting him, poisoning him, and it was agony for him. And there came a point when the Father could bear it no longer. And so he turned his face away. And in that moment, Jesus cried out in anguish like the psalmist, Oh God, you are my God. Earnestly I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh faints for you as in a dry and weary land where there is no water. My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Father, I am so thirsty for you, but you have turned your face away from me. I thirst. Friends, this is the terrible truth of what is happening. In this moment, Jesus experienced his father's turning away as like complete and utter rejection. Now, his father is not rejecting him, but he has turned his face away, and it is as if his father had abandoned him. And friends, he bore that agony for us. I thirst. But there's something else in this moment that John means for us to understand as he leads us here to Calvary. Yes, our Lord's body is crying out for water. Yes, his broken heart is thirsting in anguish for the Father who has turned his face away. But John wants us to take us, to take us one level deeper to show us a blessed gift in the thirst of Jesus. John means for us to make a connection with something that had happened before. Do you remember the time when Jesus encountered the woman at the well? Do you remember how, how Jesus asked her to give him a drink? But then Jesus sort of turned the conversation around and, and he began to offer her a kind of water, what, what he called a spring of water welling up to eternal life. If you remember that encounter, when you read it, it's obvious that Jesus is thirsty for this woman to have her thirst for the living God quenched. Jesus is thirsty to quench her spiritual thirst. And indeed, it becomes clear that Jesus is thirsty for all those who are spiritually thirsty and lost to come to him, that he might give them a spring of living water in their hearts to quench that thirst. We are meant to connect this thirst with his thirst on the cross. Now hold that scene in your mind, the encounter between Jesus and the woman at the well, because there's one more scene that John intends for us to connect with what's happening on the cross. Sometime later, after Jesus spoke to that woman during the Jewish festival called the Feast of Booze, Jesus said this to the crowd, listen. If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. 
And then John says this to show us the gift that is found in this thirst of Jesus. Now this Jesus said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. Now, John tells us that on the cross, Jesus gave up his spirit. That is, Jesus didn't just die. No, he, he handed over his spirit to whom? Yes, Jesus handed his spirit over to the Father in the moment of his death. But listen again to what John recorded back there at the Feast of Booths. Listen. Jesus stood up and cried out, If anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Now this Jesus said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to receive. To whom does Jesus offer to hand over his spirit? Friends, he's offering to hand over his spirit to you. This is the gift that he wants to give to you. He's offering to come into your life so that he can become a wellspring in your heart. He's thirsting on the cross for your spiritual thirst to be quenched, just like that woman at the well. He's thirsting not only for you to be saved from the consequences of your sin by his precious blood, but he is thirsting to give you the gift of his spirit so the wellspring of his spirit will begin a healing work in you. He thirsts for the wellspring of his spirit to begin to heal you of your temper. He thirsts for the wellspring of his spirit to begin to heal you of your envy. He thirsts for the wellspring of his spirit to begin to heal you of your apathy. I thirst, Jesus cries out from the cross. He is thirsty to do a work in you and through you. As Jesus hangs there on the cross, his body thirsts for water. As he hangs there on the cross, his broken heart thirsts for the presence of the Father. And as he hangs there on the cross, his spirit thirsts to quench your spiritual thirst and to begin a healing spring of his Holy Spirit in your heart. Friends, in a moment, Jeff is going to lead us in a series of prayers, and one of those prayers is this. Let us pray for all who have not received the gospel of Christ. For those who have never heard the word of salvation. For those who have lost their faith. For those hardened by sin or indifference. Friends, if that prayer happens to describe you, then what John wants you to understand is that as Jesus is hanging there on the cross, he is thirsty for you. And so I pray, we pray, that the thirst of our Lord Jesus Christ will be quenched today by you.
who come to him to have your thirst for the living God quenched by his abundant spirit. When Jesus cried out, I thirst, he was crying out in love for you.